Hello and welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number six. We are your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today is December 21st, first day of winter, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing well yourself. Very good. Very good. We've got lots of sports to talk about uh, today, and we'll give the listeners some good information. Um, I've got some good things I know that you do yourself, yeah. and then we'll have a good, uh, good surprise uh, information for the musical segment to end. Yes, yeah, and then on a good note at the end there with the music, yeah. Yes, we've got Christmas coming up here, the holidays. You get all your shopping done. Um, I will be starting that tomorrow. Starting. Nice. Yeah. That's always... That's always very good. So let's start off with some sports, and uh, where do you want to where do you want to start off with today, uh, Andy? We'll start off with the we'll start off with the bad news and get better as the day goes on here. Uh, okay. This this week, uh, Gopher hockey coach legend Doug Rook passed away. Oh yeah. He was just seventy five from um, Parkinson's disease. Uh, he passed away December fourteenth. So he just died. died. How many wins? You know how many wins he had uh, for the WCHA here? I, I do not have a record. I just have some some notes here that uh. Boy, I bet that, it's uh, it's over three. South Central uh, High School, seventeen years with the Gophers, the eighty four Olympic team. I just remember that part. Yeah. I I um, think it was over three hundred wins he had. Yep. Yep. Uh, there, you know, he was uh, always recruited just Minnesota kids only. You know, and kind of kept that up from Mariucci's thing. Kept all local boys and uh, worked well for years, and then just. Because that was back in the era before pro teams and that could draft kids out of high school. They can get a kid for four years. Uh. And so that helped. And then the rules changed and kind of, I don't want to say passed them by, but kind of passed away his uh, recruiting, if you will. Because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You cut out there for a minute, Andy. They play for a junior team somewhere sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Andy, your uh, audio cut out there for just for about a split second with the poor connection. Yeah, hold on. What was the uh, what was the last thing you mentioned? I think I just lost all internet here. Hold on. Okay. Um. And so what what Andy was talking about here before the cutout was the the recruiting. He was able to recruit you know only Minnesota kids altogether uh, in hockey. This was before all the. Uh, recruiting and the scouting, I think, took over. And then the other thing, uh, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, though, this was before, this was back also the players only had the option. They played all four years, right? They couldn't elect and come out after this uh, second year, uh, like what Don Lucia faced. Correct, correct. Once you're there, once you signed, you were there for four years. I see. And so, uh, yeah, his, his successor was uh, Don Lucia, who had some good success, but then again, a lot of those guys only played for a couple of years. Uh, he declared and went out in the NHL draft, and they didn't have the, the, the chemistry like the Doug Woog years. They all played each, with each other for the full four seasons, and it really they got to have some really good teams. Um, I said they're all Minnesota kids. Raleigh knew they knew each other from high school and from other tournaments and uh, little under seventeen clubs and stuff. Yeah, so that was a good good camaraderie is what they really benefited from, I think. Uh, also, uh, speaking of coaches, Hayden Fry, Iowa football coach from the 80s and 90s there, passed away. Yeah, passed away on Tuesday at the age of 90. Long-time coach there for the Hawkeyes. And, and he yeah, yeah. Uh, about uh, 232 wins there, won three Big Ten titles. Um, 
three times Big Ten Coach of the Year. And uh, under his coaching tree, there were several coaches who's under your coaching tree names. Uh, assistants he had include names of Bob Stoops and Barry Alvarez were his assistants sometime. Oh, yes. Barry Alvarez went on to the Wisconsin Badgers. Yes, that's when they started their big run of dominance after he left there and kind of started all fueled the rivalry between Iowa and Wisconsin a little bit. So. Yes, it did. Wow. I uh, did not know that. Know that. Uh, any other, uh, should we jump into some positive uh, news then? Uh, we will start off the show with the negative news and then jump over yes. to the positive. We'll work up to the positives, yes. All right, that sounds uh, excellent. All right. All right, so let's move on to college football. Andy, what do you have for us for the smaller schools? Updates, uh, um, it's their football playoffs are reaching here at the, uh, the end of the season. Yeah, Division two, three, and FCS all use a tournament format. Uh, locally, of course, we had local teams in all the finals. Saint or in the finals and semifinals in Division Three, the Saint John Johnnies did lose in the semifinals to Wisconsin Whitewater. Oh, that's right. So uh, yeah, Whitewater's got a good team this year, so they beat the, yeah. the Johnnies. Yes, I think Wisconsin Whitewater a couple three years ago, they were the first school ever to have uh, their team won. What was it? Football, basketball, and baseball championship all in the same year. Yes, that was that's right. They so that's, swept. That is uh, unbelievably hard to do. I don't care. Even a high school in state couldn't do that, let alone college or pro. Anyway, that's pretty neat. Um, Division two right now, uh, going on in the championship game as we speak, is Mankato State against West Florida. And the last update I got, West Florida was winning handily at the time. So, ooh, so the Mavericks could be uh, going down here yes. in flames in the championship game. But once again, just to reach that point is is hard to do. They they put put together yeah. put together some good teams. Yeah, they beat the number two ranked team, Slippery Rock, to get in. West Florida beat the number one seeded Ferris State. So, I mean, the two teams that weren't supposed to be there were there. So, that's good for those programs. And then in the FCS, just a while ago, the Bison defeated Montana State to go to their eighth championship game in nine years. Wow. No further winner of the James Madison Weber State game. James Madison's a high favorite in that there, two seats. So, Odds are it'd be January 11th, NDSU and James Madison is uh, where the odds are looking at right now. And is that Weber State where the, the, uh, it looks like Weber State, but it's actually pronounced yeah, Weber yeah, State? It's, okay. Yeah, it looks like, yes. That's where I get that confused all the time, but yep, if anyone's following that. So so the Bison won and are going to the finals again, and that's in, that's in Frisco, Texas, is it? Yeah, yeah and uh, the one stat I saw watching the game today, the uh, – Quarterback the Bison got, freshman quarterback from Minnesota, uh, Trey Lance. Between rushing and passing this year, I think passing's at 24, 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is, the odds of even having that mathematically, it's almost impossible to, to right. accomplish something like that. In fact, he's only had three fumbles and one, uh, and they lost one, and that was in their first game of the year, like in the first quarter. So he hasn't even lost possession of a ball since the first quarter of the first game of the year. <laughs> For a wow. redshirt freshman who came in. So. Yeah, that is that is un, unreal. So when is that championship game in, in Frisco? The Stag Bowl, I think ah, it's called. The 11th. 11th of January. January. ABC. Oh, interesting. So that should, be, that should be good. So I'm sure you'll be getting good coverage on that uh, yes, of that game, of course. Right. With we'll have the large pizza and the big bottle of Dr. Or, uh, Dr. Pepper out for that one. So. Exactly, exactly. Now, how about 
college football. We've got bowl season started last night. I don't know if you follow these early yeah. games or not. Yes, in fact, um, some of the games I saw last night was at uh, the the Buffalo Bulls being the Charlotte 49ers in the first game last night. I helped kick off my college pick them pretty good, but then it's been me personally been all downhill since then. Now, have you? So you do a pick them. I didn't this year. Didn't get mine. Uh, didn't get mine in. And you select the winners, right, of all the bowl yep. games. And yep. there's like 40 bowl games. Yeah, and. You know, you, you look at them and you look at their records and some of these schools, it's like, oh, they have a football team? You know, and you look at the records and they're all, they're all pretty evenly matched record-wise. So they're all good games. Yeah, they are. Um, Even the smaller, the more of the no-names that are starting off now are, are still good because, like you said, they're evenly matched. They have the same, very similar win-loss records. And then it kind of gets up there later in the uh, in the next couple of weeks to the big to the big games. But these smaller ones are still good for these uh, mid and smaller size schools. I mean, like the games, like there was another one Friday, or, you know, Friday was Kent State beat Utah State 51-41. North Carolina A&T over Elkhorn, or Elkhorn State 64-44. Well, you get these high-scoring, some of these are high-scoring games. I did notice that the, yeah. uh, the, the Kent State one was last night against Utah State in the Miami Beach Bowl. And then the other one was uh, Buffalo uh, Charlotte in the Bahamas Bowl that takes place in Nassau. But then today, the early game, you're right. We get a 64-44 to 44 final score with 108 points put on the board in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And Celebration. Wow. And, and once again, these teams are not ranked. Now we're starting to get into the games of the teams that are ranked starting today. There's a, there's a full slate of yep. games today, and that, like you said, that was the first game, and that's a lot of points to be put on the board, and I, I believe that New Mexico Bowl game should be just wrapping up, or are they in the fourth quarter now? Um, I'm trying to see the next, I'll see the, we got Fort Atlantic and Southern Methodist, they're in the third, that's a 28-14, uh, Liberty's over Georgia Southern, and they're in the fourth, just wrapping up there, and, uh, and, uh, FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl. Um, yeah, there's some, some other games going on here. here it is. Wrapping up and oh, I do see it. I do have, an uh, Andy, a final. That New Mexico Bowl is final now. San Diego State oh, is, yep. 48 to 11 over Central Michigan. And that's, you know, San Diego State came in 10 and 3 and Central Michigan 8 and 6. So these are pretty, once again, pretty good teams. They're not ranked, but they're no slouches either. They all have to become bowl eligible even to even to make a bowl game. Right. And tonight we got you know, Boise State and Washington. That should be a good game right there. And that is, let me check my... Uh, the coach for Washington, it's his last game. He's retiring after this one. So. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. And so the... Let's see. The, okay, here's, here's what I was going to say. I was just checking out my notes. We get the game starting tonight. The two, the two late games are we introduce some of the teams that are ranked now that uh, Boise State ranked 19th in the nation take on Washington in the Las Vegas Bowl, and that's in Vegas. And then we've got the New Orleans Bowl in the Superdome with number 20 ranked Appalachian State against University of Alabama, Birmingham. Oh, P&L Carrier Bowl, yes. Exactly. And so these are – and then we've got – I think right now or coming up here, uh, 
by the time the listeners listen to this broadcast, the Crampton Bowl will be done in Montgomery, Alabama. That's Arkansas State against Florida International. Now, what was the – you just mentioned uh, one of the coaches is last game he's retiring. So is that the late – yep. Oh, Washington, it is. Yep. Okay. Well, that will yeah. be good. And then going forward, they usually the, – the way they schedule these bowl games is not to interfere with the NFL schedule. So even though there's, there's three NFL games today, there's a whole slate of college games. But then there's none tomorrow – and only one on Monday, and that's an afternoon game. And then Tuesday, uh, New Year's Eve nights, the Hawaii or uh, Christmas Eve nights, the Hawaii Bowl. So they really alternate to, to make sure they don't interfere with each other. There's, they're not going to interfere with the Monday night uh, Vikings uh, Packers game, and then all day Sunday is you know dedicated to NFL football. So yeah, those years when New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve fall on Saturday and Sunday, it's you know it's all fair game then for our viewership, but. Uh, Kind of uh, go ahead. Kind of lighten the load too. Yeah, you cut out there a little bit on the last uh, on the last sentence. You talked about the uh, New Year's Eve games, I think. So that is. Uh, are you there, Andy? He's tuning in. We just got done talking about the college football bowl games and how they don't interfere. And, and Andy mentioned on the years that they fall on Saturday, Sunday combinations on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, it really gets to be a a hassle to get those those things um, to work. But uh, this will be interesting now. This year, where it falls in the uh, during the week on a Tuesday, Wednesday combination. All right, anything more for college football? You there, Andy? I think next we'll go to NFL pro football. Okay, let's go into NFL football. Andy, what have you got for today's games uh, in the NFL schedule? Well, uh, today we had Houston and Tampa Bay playing. Uh, we got... The Buffalo Bills and the Patriots, and then tonight it's the Rams and 49ers. Uh, at the time of recording, Houston did beat Tampa Bay by three, 23-3 in the game. Uh, Tampa Bay, a 500 record for Tampa, but they've just, Jameis Winston puts up great offensive numbers, but then he likes to throw out interceptions, too, so you never know what you're getting with him. Uh, Buffalo and New England were tied at 10 at the half at the time of recording. And tonight, of course, we have the Rams and 49ers. Rams kind of playing for their playoff lives right here. They got to win out. They have an outside shot. Yeah, and it was, I was watching that earlier game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because that is in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium, and that'll be the site of the Gophers Outback Bowl on New yes. Year's Day. So uh, it'll be fun to play it. That's a that's a fun stadium. I've never been there, but I think that'd be a great environment for New Year's Day Outback Bowl playing in the Buccaneers' home uh, home turf there. Uh, so they'll get that field ready with the paint and the logos and the paint for the Outback Bowl against Auburn on, on New and Year's Day. Early April, early April, that'll be the site of WrestleMania also, Raymond James Stadium. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, get your tickets now. And I think just outside of that uh, complex there in Tampa uh, is the New York Yankees training facilities uh, for spring That's training. Yeah, it's in the Tampa area there, yeah. Okay. Wow, so that'll be interesting. So the the what is the score of that Patriots game right now? That should be a good game. It's 
and ten at halftime is what I'm getting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Buffalo is doing well this year, and then we got the night game tonight with the Rams. Uh, they are always good, and then a full slate tomorrow and yeah. tomorrow night, and then we got the Monday night game. What about the the Vikes? The Vikes play the Packers, and it sounds like I just read Dalvin Cook has been ruled out with his chest injury. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, to a point, the Vikes, like I said, unless the Rams run the table and things were totally sideways, the Vikes are in the playoffs. I'd rest them. Yes, you have a shot to win the division and get a better seed, but it's not worth the risk, in my opinion. I'd rest them and just, you're going to be the sixth seed. It's a tough, it's tough in the NFC right now anyway, but you're all matched pretty evenly. First seed, sixth seed, you're a, a win difference, so... You're evenly matched. Just get the playoffs and going healthy. Yeah, and I think too with the performance of the other, the number two and three backs, they're doing so well that it it may be, and maybe that was the decision to say let's rest uh, Dalvin Cook Monday night because um, the Packers could end up roughing him up, and the last thing we want is him injured or hurt or not 100% going into the postseason. And like you said, we're already going to the postseason, so regardless of the seed, we'd rather go in with him healthy, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, I think it's something that the Vikings lose both of theirs and the Rams win both of theirs. The Rams have the tiebreaker, but I don't see that happening. The Rams schedule and our schedule, I don't see that happening. So. And who do the Packers play in their final game? Their schedule, I do not have Okay, and we, because the Vikes play the Bears, and that's also at home. So the favorable schedule for the Vikings is two home games to end the regular season with the Bears at yeah. noon, noon next Sunday, and then the Packers come to town Monday night. And if we beat the Packers, we'll have the exact same record. And head-to-head this season, we will have split. What is that third tiebreaker? Do you, do you know what uh, that it's, is? It's uh, division, head-to-head, and conference, I believe. Is the third okay, one. yes, I think it's the division, divisional record. So, like you said, there's some things that could happen that could catapult the Vikings and actually win the division, which would really be good and favorable because I think they're still undefeated at home. And uh, a wild card, you're going to be going in on the road. Uh, for the remaining remaining yeah. games, you know, in the, in the postseason, but the Vikes are they're playing good. You know, uh, Thielen will be back for Monday night. Uh, he'll be starting. Now, I did see for the Pro Bowl. It looks like Dalvin Cook has been named a starter for the for the NFC. Yes, and we got a couple other guys uh, going as well. But um, that should be a great game Sunday Sunday. I mean Monday night, the twenty third of December. Um, that that should be a good ball game. Any other updates for playoffs coming up? Playoff, uh, any news, NFL news or implications with the postseason coming up here today that you can think of other than that Bills-Patriots just, game? Just the NFC. Yeah, the NFC just kind of between the Rams. I mean, I'm sorry, the Seahawks and 49ers, they, they match up next week. Winner gets a division, and that's the whole seedings right there. Saints have an outside shot of getting out, depending on how things go. AFC is kind of opening up with uh, seedings. Looks like the teams are pretty much set. We're just going to see where they all fall into place. Yeah, we'll be. You know, and you look at a lot of games for tomorrow. A lot of games, like the, the Giants and the Redskins, they're both 3-11. and 11. That might still be a good game to watch. You Correct. Giants and Atlanta, both are 5-9. That could still be a good game to watch. Raiders, Chargers are both, you know, not doing well. They're out of it. Good game to watch. So just because you don't have the good records doesn't mean it's be a bad game. And and they're also you know jacking a position potentially for draft choices for the next year. But the thing I like about some of these later games where the records uh, it's kind of a meaningless game is they are playing 
their backups and their subs to see who's going to be making the team or, uh, you know, making the roster for the following season. So a lot of these guys, it's audition time. Right. And uh, the Packers are at the Lion the next week. Oh, okay. So indoors in Detroit, weather won't be a factor. Bikes are two games indoors uh, at home. And that should be interesting. Okay. Anything else from NFL football? Because, because I'm interested, uh, I, I know you covered the hot stove league for baseball pretty well. What have yes. we got for uh, for baseball updates? Well, you know, it's a good created science here the last couple of weeks. Uh, Madison Bob Garner, like I said, did sign with the Arizona Diamondbacks at a five-year, $85 million deal. Wow. The Texas Rangers signed Corey Kluber from the Cleveland Indians. So that's kind of a shock that I'm surprised Cleveland let him go. Well, it'll help the Twins with him going out of that division, then, at least. Right, yeah. Cleveland kind of seems like they're blowing the whole thing up and starting all over, so. Go right down below for all I care. Anything on the Twins front, uh, as far as big-name um, free agents? Well, they, uh, they signed some other pitchers, you know, uh, middle-of-road pitchers, things that are help out, nothing real major. Josh Donaldson, though, is still sitting out there as a third baseman, and the Twins got to open that checkbook. Um, I see, I've heard there's been talks with uh, the front office, the new general manager, Thabadine, has uh, mentioned that we had 101 games last year, and he's kind of going to Jim Polrad going, you know, trying to be a little more aggressive on these free agents. So we'll see what he does there. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some rumblings, too, that, that Josh Donaldson might be their guy there at third base yep. to bring him in for a year or two. He's a, yep. he's a home run hitting guy later in his career, but we moved Sano to first would open up that third base spot. And boy, we could really have more power added already to the team that's uh, hit the, uh, broke the record for the uh, home runs for the twins last year. And, and the twins have signed a new bench coach, uh, Mike Bell used to be a player, uh, son of Buddy Bell. Uh, Mike Bell last few years has been sitting in the vice president of player development for the Diamondbacks, but he has had some minor league coaching and the Twins have signed him as a new bench coach. Is that so? Buddy Bell, that's his father? Yeah, Buddy Bell's, well, Buddy Bell's kid is Mike Bell, yep. It is. And I think uh, Buddy Bell Mike played Bell. with, boy, this is interesting. Uh, Buddy Bell played with his father, Gus Bell, I think, in the majors. Or his, yes. his father played in the majors. Yes. So this is a third generation guy. Mike played, I remember having his ball card as a kid and thought, hey, that's Buddy Bell's kid. And, wow. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that does ring a bell. I think, uh, no pun intended there. No but, pun intended. But it, yeah. I do have that card, I think, of Gus Bell and Buddy Bell on the same card saying father-son combination, kind of like the Grippies. And that's what yeah. rung, a, rung it for me, uh, rung a bell, essentially, uh, when you mentioned that. So we, so the Twins bench coach is going to be Mike Bell, which is really yep. the grandson of Gus Bell. Wow. You know, if we look at the Twins' notes here, they have signed some minor league, or not minor, but a lot of one-year deals for the guys. Um, guys are going to be okay, you know, nothing blowing us out of the water or anything here, you know. They re-signed Sergio Romo for a year. Um, they signed uh, Tyler Clippard from Cleveland for one year. And, you know, so they're going to be okay. You know, they still got Rodgers, and they got Trevor May, and Tyler Duffy, and that in the bullpen, but you got to get a bigger stick, you know. Uh, Cruz did okay, but you know he's done near our age for crying out loud. Um, you know, 
we got another young guys. We need another more reliable stick like Josh Donaldson or something like that. That's all yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, what I did see, I know the Sunday night baseball schedule came out for the for the nationally televised games for next season, and two things stuck out for me is the Washington Nationals don't make an appearance the whole first half of the season, and they just got done winning the the World Series. And the Minnesota Twins, who won the Central Division, are also not scheduled at least for the first half of the season. Later are they later on they are, but for the first half of the season before the All Star break. Neither the Twins nor the Nationals are on a Sunday night baseball game, nationally televised game. Do you find that odd? Not really. Um, I haven't seen the schedule myself, but I'll take an educated guess at it. But I'm sure there's a lot of Yankees, Red Sox games on there. Um, and also probably a lot of games in good weather. To start the season, they want to make sure they get a game played. Not someone's got bad weather, so they kind of throw the Twins games out, the White Sox games out, stuff like that, Cardinals. They throw a lot of those games out, I would think, because you want to make sure you got good weather, you got a team that's going to be playing. Yep. Uh, as much as the Twins are good, Nationals are good, they're not the big markets. They're not oh, New yes. York, they're not Boston, they're not Houston, you know, they're not Los Angeles. So you got to go where the beautiful people are, and that's what they kind of do a lot, but. Again, the, the, the fans are going to watch. They don't care what two teams you put on there. You could put, you know, Miami against Cleveland. They're going to watch. You know, or you put the Yankees, Red Sox. They're going to watch. It doesn't matter. So they just got to get the, the big names out there to get people. Oh, hey, baseball's on. Let's watch that to get the, cas- the casual fan in. And once they got them roped in, then they'll start putting other teams on. I see. Yep, makes sense. All right. Anything else for sports? Uh, that kind of wraps it up for me in sports. That's what I got. All right. Perfect. Let's move on then to the musical segment of the show. And now for the favorite musical section segment of the show, Andy. What have you got for us today for notes and important pieces of relevant information concerning rock and roll. I, I don't have a lot of the, this, this week in history stuff, just kind of birthdays and some concert announcements locally here. Yes, let's uh, listen to those. Ruby Gibbons of ZZ Top. Interesting. Turned 70 back on the 16th. And then just the other day, I'm sure you were aware, was Peter Chris's birthday. Oh. Kiss drummer. Oh, yes. 74. Okay. Yeah, so a couple of birthdays there, and then um, I've just seen in the last couple of days some concert announcements locally. Uh, the Def Leppard Motley Crue Tour is going to be here at U.S. Bank Stadium June 27th. Okay. And then Target Field August 11th is going to be Green Day. Are you a big Green Day fan? Uh, I wouldn't watch Green Day if they were on. Uh, sorry, you cut out. <laughs> what do you say? You wouldn't watch them? All right, let's try to get Andy. I think he cut out here. Are you there, Andy? I'm not sure what he was saying. It sounded like a, something, a, a negative comment on Green Day. And if that was the case, he wouldn't be alone. I'm also not a big Green Day fan. I know they sold a lot of records. Uh, never really liked their stuff. But uh, let's try to get Andy here back on the line. Are you there, Andy? Hello? Are you there? You dropped off a little bit talking about Green Day. Can you finish up that sentence? 
Yeah, I say I'm not a big Green Day fan. I don't know if I really go watch them in concert, but um, I know a lot of people do like that type of music. And uh, so I said we're going to be at Target Field. Target Field trying to get more concerts in in the summer every now and then. So. Yeah, they do. They do draw a lot. And right as you right as you cut out there, I, I voiced my displeasure with the band myself as as we're waiting to get you back yeah. on. I never was a big Green Day fan, but they certainly do draw a lot, sell a lot of tickets, sell a lot of music, but. Uh, it never really struck a chord, uh, no pun intended, with with me. If, if I have that on the radio and they're on, I'll leave it on. I'm not gonna like flip stations for it, but I'm not gonna get excited like, oh, they're coming on. I gotta stay and listen. No, it's on. Great, if not. Yeah, and it kind of like it reminds me of uh, similar to the Offspring and Weezer. Yes. Yes. Kind of falls into that uh, into that bucket. Any um, other any other concert announcements coming up? No, but just to kind of get in the Christmas spirit. I have yes. my top five. Oh, yes. Top five uh, hard rock, heavy metal, if you will, Christmas songs. Okay. You're going to go from five up to one here? Uh, yeah, and, five to one. Oh, here we go. This will be good. Man, and, and for the listeners out there, I haven't heard this. This has not been pre-recorded or anything. We haven't reviewed this on the program. but So this will be new for me, too. Go ahead, Andy. All right. At number five, Christmas with the Devil by Spinal Tap. Oh, yes. Wow. Number five. Number four, Run Rudolph Run by Lemmy. Lemmy from Motorhead, okay. Yes. Number two, Mistress for Christmas by ACDC. <laughs> awesome. Number two, I'll Be Home for Christmas by Twisted Sister with Lita Ford. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, Twisted Sister. D. Snyder, very popular in the holidays. Uh, he he loves those. He's got a whole Christmas album. He's got a whole Christmas album. Yes. He loves the, right. uh, loves the holidays. And then number one, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen by... Theo, Ronnie James Theo. You know what? I didn't even think of that for the holidays, but you're right. He did. Uh, yeah. He, yes. Wow. You know, Theo, he could sing the phone book. It would sound good. He's just got that much talent, I think. He was just such a loss. It's such a music industry is lost without him. He yes. was so good, such a talent. It was, he was incredible. Yes, one of my one of my favorites. Uh, I may have to go download or listen to that on the on the uh, web here after this uh, after this yes. show. I had forgotten about Ronnie James Dio, the late Ronnie James, and yes. Lemmy. You know, Lemmy died too. We got the late Lemmy from Motorhead, and yep. and uh, boy, some yep. good selections. He has had a couple members pass away, and uh, I hear they're back in the studio though. Byron Johnson's got the okay to record again, so they're back in the studio. Okay. But how about you? What have you been listening to this week? Well, this this week I've got my album. Um, what I decided to listen to here, and I'm glad that I I'm glad that I did. It's the album by Rat called "Out of the Cellar" in 1984. Out of the Cellar by Rat, and uh, this this was good stuff. Uh, were you a fan of of Rat years ago? Yes, I was. I was a very big fan of theirs. In fact, yeah. You know, they came out with that that self titled EP just called Rat in eighty in eighty uh, eighty three. And then came out with their very first, actually, studio studio album, Out of the Cellar. And the things that I liked about that is the Stephen Piercy, Piercy's voice. I've always yeah. been a fan. They came out with that song, Wanted Man, You're in Trouble, Lack of Communication, Back for More, Scene of the Crime, She Wants Money. And, of course, the track Round and Round, which really took them to uh, to new heights. And, and they're, the other thing I like, they're, they're an L.A. band. And it came into the scene when all of those other bands came in big time at that same same time with uh, with David Lee Roth and Motley Crue and 
Wast and, and those guys. Uh, they've got quite the career. But I do like Stephen Stephen Piercy and always have have liked his background. Um, did you yeah, know? Them and Def Leppard, both those two were the five man band. We got two guitars. I kind of like that. Oh yes. And uh, the other thing that is a, is a trivia question, you know, Rat Hat always had good cover album art, uh, yes. artwork on their albums. And the first one, their EP called Rat, it had the picture of that woman's leg uh, in some uh, in fishnet stockings with some small rats or mice climbing up the leg, of course, for Rat. And then the next one is Out of the Cellar. Did you know that it was Atani Katane who posed for both of those, the cover art for both of those albums? Ah. Yes, she was. Uh, went on to date David Coverdale, a white snake. Later, she married him. You know, for several years, him, they were married. There was a. Ah, uh, she she was married to some major league baseball player after that. Chuck Finley. Thank you. Yep, Chuck Finley. Yes. Yeah, from '97 to 2002, she was married to Chuck Finley and uh, David Coverdale, the lead singer from White Snake. Before then, but boy, she got that start. Uh, you know, with Rat because she was dating at the time. Robin Crosby is who yeah. she was dating him when, when rap became big in while well, she was still in high school. Wow. And so they used some of her for the art. And then she went over to do, became famous for some of those uh, white snake videos with, and that's guided her into the David Coverdale realm. And that's uh, where they ended up uh, marrying David Coverdale. But boy, Tony Katan, she later was even briefly dating OJ Simpson. Oh, yes. Mr. Mr. Simpson. But uh, we get, you know, when she was dating Robin Crosby, he was the guitarist, the good-looking guitarist there that the that the ladies all liked, and uh, and he ended up dying in 2002. Robin Crosby, uh, AIDS, yep. AIDS and HIV, 2002 he died, but really had some problems with uh, with drugs and alcohol and, and shooting up with needles, and you know he acquired the HIV deal, and it didn't end too well for him, but he died in 2002. Yep. But he was a tall, a tall guy. He was a big baseball fan and was thinking of going into you know, playing baseball, and then jumped into the musical career. But uh, he was six foot five. Yeah, I know he was a tall drink of water. Yeah, he was a tall guy. And Stephen Piercy, think, speaking of uh, lead singer, what he wanted to do, I didn't know this. Little known fact: he had no interest in music to start off with. He aspired to be a top fuel race car driver. Oh, wow. Did not know that. And so his, uh, and he still kind of gives a nod to that in some of his, his uh, musical. Right now, I think his, uh, his production company is called Top Fuel Records. Oh, okay. And so he spun off of, they broke up and got back together a few times. You know that Stephen Piercy still plays to this day. They had upcoming shows in 2019. In fact, tonight at 9 p.m., they're playing in Pennsylvania at Penn's Peak in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, a concert. Uh, you know, Piercy is 63 years old. I know there were some issues a while ago. Uh, the drummer was using the name on who was going to use the name, what copyrights the name for touring for a while, and then enough of them got back together with the original band, and they kind of, I want to say, made things better, but figured everything out for touring who use what name and who would use the name and why. And it sounds like for 2020, they're getting back together and a tour will be announced for 2020, a world tour from Rat. Now, I'm not sure how many actual members of the band, like you said, there was some issues, but, uh, uh, you know, Robin Crosby's dead. Uh, they've got issues with a couple other players, but they're bringing in some new new staff 
uh, I should say, on the on the on the front, and they're going to be coming out uh, in 2020 with a world tour, which will be very interesting. And usually they'll hit you know, spots in Minnesota, of course. And right. also, I did hear that on January 15th of 2020, coming up here in three weeks, Rat founder, lead singer Stephen Pierce will be inducted into the Metal Hall of Fame. Nice. Well, I thought that was interesting. I didn't think, uh, I'm not sure if our listeners, uh, I just uh, searched for that today and found that. And the other item to note that before they became Rat, they started off, their original band name was Mickey Rat. Instead of Mickey Mouse, Mickey Rat. And they moved, ah. and they moved to L.A. To, uh, to begin. They said, you got to cut that out of there. Just go with Rat. And sure enough, that worked. And uh, they've been uh, popular ever since. That out of the cellar, I think, went double time platinum, um, certified triple. In fact, the album now I'm looking at it actually went triple platinum recently. And um, that's that's they really got in uh, big time in that scene back in L.A. with when Whiskey a Go Go was big, uh, the Rainbow wow. Bar, and a lot of these guys uh, really were playing. But yeah, because of his love for drag racing and, and fuel. His label's called Top Fuel Records. But that's all that I've got uh, for today. We're real tight with Motley Crue and that, I know, um, hanging out. Uh, Urban Legend is, there was some guys from Rat and a couple guys from Motley Crue were hanging out with Steven Tyler. They saw someone walking down the street. One of the guys from Motley Crue goes, hey, that dude looks like a lady. Boom. Steven Tyler wrote the song. There you go. There's a lot, yeah, a lot of connections with those guys going way back. And uh, and this was, like I said, they changed the name in 1981 to Rat, moved the band to L.A. in 1980, and then they solidified their lineup in 83. They played a lot. Uh, they played the Whiskey, the Roxy, and the Troubadour. And getting up a lot of, they gained a lot of, a large following, um, recently selling out that, uh, selling that EP in 1983, self-titled Rat. And then they blew it open big uh, on their Out of the Cellar uh, album, and they toured with ZZ Top, Ozzy Osbourne, and Billy Squire. And they didn't really sell the whole glam look too much with a glam rock either. They kind of, yeah, you know, there's a few bright colors on their clothes here and there, but they kind of kept it more rock and roll looking. I think that's what yeah, and, people remember from too. They weren't, they weren't the big pushy hair, bushy hair like Warren had or Poison had. They just stuck to their, hey, we got long black hair, this is the way life is, and we're going to do it. And I like that because their, their genre was heavy metal and hard rock. And but they do kind of get glumped, dumped into that glam metal, which they weren't really a part of, like you said. And I'm glad they never really went that direction. But they were just buddies with them and toured with them, but they weren't really the the flashy neon colors, too puffy hair, everything else. So correct, correct. Well, that's all that I've got. Uh, anything else here for the show, Andy? Or we'll look forward to next week's show with the College Bowl sure. updates and some uh, good sports here after the Christmas holidays with playoff uh, NFL playoffs coming into full. The full fray. No, just because we said here in our pre-production meeting, uh, we're probably going right through to uh, right to the Super Bowl without an off week ourselves. Yeah, with because so, college uh, football is because of college football and NFL football playoffs. There's so much going on here that uh, I don't see us having a, a break till uh, uh, coming up to the Super Bowl timer time frame. So listen yeah, to our shows. Right. Feel free to feel free to share, leave comments, and leave questions below for the uh, for the show, and um, uh, feel free to share this uh, the episode. And wherever you find the podcast, hit the subscribe button, and you'll be notified every time a new show is uh, downloaded. Oh, perfect, perfect. All right, have a good weekend, Eddie. All right, you too. We'll talk to you later now. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hello listeners, this is Dan from Sports and Songs. Good morning. I'm excited today to report on a, I'll be on a remote assignment for Sports and Songs tonight covering a high school varsity wrestling match. And this one's interesting to me as uh, it's going to be New Prague Trojans against the Scott West Panthers. Uh, I had this uh, match, this date, circled on my calendar for the last two months now looking forward to this and I'll be on site to report the results. New Prague is ranked fourth in the Class 3A rankings for the state of Minnesota, and Scott West is ranked number seven in Class 2A. These teams are going to go uh, head-to-head. If you're not familiar with Scott West, uh, it's the team that is comprised of two neighboring cities, Jordan and Belle Plaine, Minnesota, who both in the 60s, 70s, and 80s had average-to-high-average wrestling teams uh, that were pretty good. In the 90s, early 90s, they combined to become one team, and they have been tough ever since. Uh, that's the name of the, the name is Scott West. They're on the uh, western edge of Scott County, Minnesota. So they are Scott West Panthers. Uh, they became a force to be reckoned with in the 90s, in the, in the 2000s, and the 2010s. Uh, multiple, multiple trips making it to the state tournament, easily winning their conference, usually easily winning the section, and they have always been tough. This last season, they missed going to the state tournament by one single point in the championship match for the section and did not earn a trip to go to the state. Uh, they'll try to rebound this year. But a team that has just recently surged is this New Prague Trojans team, currently ranked fourth. Uh, they moved up a year or two ago, maybe even three to the class 3A that's the highest biggest schools in the state of Minnesota so they're in there with the likes of some real true powerhouses but still the fact that they're ranked fourth is the highest ranking they have ever had as a team and I don't believe since Scott West formed the combination of Jordan and Belle Plaine into one team that that New Prague has ever beat them um, they don't they're not in the same conference but I do believe they wrestle one time a year in a dual meet um, and so uh, they faced each other in the sections and the tournaments and the finals and the sections over over the years and I do not believe I'll check before tonight's match um, and that'll be taking place in New Prague at the high school varsity gym I don't believe New Prague has ever beat them now early early line here uh, from the street is uh, New Prague is favored to win by 20 points tonight as far as what experts say so this will be very interesting that's why i've had it circled on my calendar there's 14 weight classes in high school wrestling and currently new prague has seven of those varsity wrestlers ranked in the top 10 in the state of minnesota which is going to be tough for any team to beat the likes of that scott west team has i believe three wrestlers ranked in the top 10 in the state and so they will have their hands full tonight it's also alumni night for the new prague trojans so they should be expecting a a packed house for the dual meet tonight uh, because today is the 23rd of january the new rankings will be out um, and so if anything changes i am not speculating if if new prague or scott west is going to move up or down in their respective rankings in the state of minnesota but uh, today the new rankings will be out. Also, the individual rankings. 
and so we'll have an update for tonight as well with that very uh, looking forward to this should be a very interesting match and new prague because they're in with the big schools and in, in fact they're in the same section as the number one team overall in the state is the shakopee sabers they're the number one ranked team in the entire state in the big schools class 3a they're also in the same section and i do i, I do not believe even with the stacked roster that new prague has um, that they have a chance of getting by Shakopee in the sectional final to determine who goes to state. So uh, it's expected that Shakopee will go to state and most likely win the state. But they are in the same section as uh, as New Prague. So I think the farthest New Prague will get this season is to that sectional championship match. And uh, highly unlikely they'll win that. But I'll be reporting live on a remote assignment after that match tonight to give the listeners the result and uh, any commentary that follows.